Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers swept the Rockies in a four-game series, and they are basically running away with the division. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the Fernando Valenzuela weekend that was awesome for the fans and for Fernando and for everybody. Uh, a couple new injuries to pitchers to talk about, an old injury to J.D. Martinez to talk about a little bit, and the Dodgers starting pitchers are on a roll. We'll talk more about that. All that is on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Vince, how many games were you at this weekend, and what's your record now on the season? I went to two this weekend, so I'm up to 16-1 and one on the year. Um, planning to be at a few this week, so... I might not on purpose. I'm I'm probably not going to the Corbin Burns start, so that just a happy accident at this point. Yeah, you know, uh, you're ducking some of the tougher opponents, maybe, but that's all right. <laughs> you know, at this point, you got to do what you got to do. So, yeah. the Dodgers they swept the Rockies this weekend. It was a an awesome weekend. It was going to be an awesome weekend anyway because the Dodgers were honoring Fernando Valenzuela, finally retiring his number. It's been, what, 33 years since he last wore it for the Dodgers. Nobody has worn it since. It's been unofficially retired for, uh, what, all of your life, right, Vince? Nobody yeah. has worn that number in your lifetime. Look at Vince. Look how old he is. Nobody's <laughs> worn number 34 in that time. Dodgers finally got around to retiring the number, uh, made a whole weekend of it. Friday night was the retirement ceremony. Saturday was Fernando Bobblehead. Sunday was Replica 1981 World Series ring. And uh, Fernando seemed... Very, very humbled by it all. A great experience for him and his family. Obviously, Dodger fans love Fernando. It was just a great weekend all around, right, Vince? Yeah, it was great. I was there on Friday night for the actual retirement ceremony. You know, you got the people up there talking about him. You know, him heading is always fun. Julio was up there, didn't speak, but had some play on the video board. Uh, you had Mike Sosha say some words, and then you had a little funny moment uh, <laughs> with the first pitch on Friday when – Fernando kept telling Socha to get down, and Socha was like, oh, I'm not getting down. Uh, so <laughs> that was fun. But, yeah, I mean, you know, overall weekend, number 34 is officially retired. It's up there. Uh, you'll see it every time you, you go to the stadium now. And it was deserving. You know, I, you know there's always going to be people that maybe not feel that way just based on the fact that the Dodgers have, you know, a little bit different criteria than some other teams. Uh, but, you know, it's deserving nonetheless. And uh, it was fun to be there, or fun to be there, fun to watch. Fun to see all the people back at Dodger Stadium. And, uh, you know, I know he doesn't love the attention, but I'm glad he was able to take it in. I, I wish he had given his little speech in Spanish. He, uh, you know, Jaime Harin spoke in Spanish. I, I think that Fernando would have been a lot more comfortable in Spanish. You know, that's how Dodger fans know him. You know, the, the Dodger fans who are still familiar with him today, it's because they listen to him on the Spanish language 
broadcasts. And uh, I would have loved to hear Fernando speak in Spanish, even though I wouldn't have understood as much of it. You know, it's uh, would have been awesome. But it, it was an awesome, awesome day for him, awesome weekend for him. Awesome weekend for Julio, too. Uh, you mentioned he was on the stage with him. That was Friday night. Uh, Saturday was Julio's birthday. And then Sunday, we'll talk more in the second segment about Julio's Sunday because it was really, really good. A uh, little bit of bad news from this weekend. The Dodgers had two key or key-ish relievers go on the injured list uh, on Saturdays. I, I can't. The whole weekend's jumbled together. Either Friday or Saturday night, Yancy Almonte tweaked his he got knee. Hurt Friday night. So Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he tweaked his, his knee pitching. Uh, they said it's a knee stra- sprain, put him on the aisle on Saturday and recalled Victor Gonzalez again. Uh, I don't think anybody's too worried about Yancy Almonte's knee, but last year people weren't too worried about whatever Yancy Almonte's injury was and then it up last in three months or whatever. And so, you know, hopefully it's not a big deal. He he did seem like he was he was kind of starting to get things figured out because he he had a really good month or so and then he struggled really bad for a couple times. And he said that uh, he was just starting to, like some of the pitches he threw in that game on Friday were the kind of pitches that he was throwing last year. So he felt like something had clicked and then something sprained. And so tough luck for him there. And then on Sunday, we got word that Joe Kelly was put on the injured list it, so late in the game that uh, they didn't even call up a replacement for him for sun, for Sunday's game. They just played a man short, which is okay because, as we'll talk about in the second segment, starting pitching did a really good job this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, Joe Kelly with the right forearm strain. Dave Roberts did say after the game that this isn't a new injury. It's not anything that they're too worried about. Uh, they're, he'll be on the IL for 12 days and because uh, it's backdated three days, and then they'll bring him back. They don't expect it to be a long-term thing, even though for us fans, hearing right forearm strain is uh, always – the worst thing we want to hear about a pitcher. Yeah. They said they'll probably avoid back to backs when he comes back too. So whatever it is, you know, with him, it's a little bit different because this is his last year. Realistically, they'll just buy him out after the year. So, you know, not that they're going to go out there and try to burn his arm, but they're not as concerned about his arm. You know, Monte is a little bit different. It's one of those things with the Dodgers where, you know, it's hard. You can't always trust what Dave Roberts says. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit uh, right now, but, also, they've done a job like when Daniel Hudson got hurt, there was no like mincing around. They said he's going to be out for a while. When Shelby Miller and his and his neck thing, like, you know, he's going to be out for a while. So the fact that they put him on the IL so quickly means that, you know, that he that he's and they did fact that they put him on the IL and didn't say he's going to be out for a while. I have a little bit more hope that it's just going to be, you know, whatever the two weeks, maybe a little bit extended. The only other, I mean, the thing now is who gets called up because they there's not, you know, unless it's one of the starters. I think what Tyson Miller's the only guy that's available to come up. Uh, is Tyson Miller? Is he even still there? Did he have DFA? I, I, yeah, I think he's in another organization now. I don't think I think they only have three pitchers on the forty man roster right now who aren't in the big leagues or on the injured list, and that's Ryan Pepio, uh, Emmett Sheehan, and uh, and Gavin Stone. And so there are no relievers. Victor Gonzalez was the only reliever. He got called up to replace uh, Almonte. So, yeah, it's – well, with the starters doing – you know what? Maybe we'll save the rest of that conversation for the second segment because they don't have to carry 13 pitchers. They can't carry more than 13 pitchers, but, you know, which maybe that segues into this last part we talk, want to talk about with that you alluded to with Dave Roberts not always being totally upfront about injuries. Gita Martinez still hasn't played – uh, since he got hurt last or or stayed hurt last. Uh, and 
it's been about what four games in a row that it's been he won't play today, but we expect him to be available to pinch hit tomorrow and then be in the lineup the next day. And so far, it hasn't happened. Uh, it seemed the writing was on the wall that they weren't going to have him pinch hit on Sunday with Monday being an off day anyway. Might as well give him that day off too. But like I talked about last week, Vince, seems like maybe he ought to be on the injured list and uh, have Michael Bush or Miguel Vargas, uh, one of those two guys who's sitting really well in AAA, taking that roster spot. Yeah, I never get the hesitation where, like, especially with, you know, J.D. Martinez, where this has been an issue, not just, like, this isn't something that it's the first time it's happened. It's already happened a few times now. I assume that rest is not going to make it worse, so why not just give them the 10 days at the very least, bring somebody up just to have them, and then go from there. I don't, it, it never makes sense to me when they do something like this where they kind of let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. You know, in the other ways, it does make sense. Like if it was somebody that is more critical or like it was a, you know, they sprained their ankle and then it kind of lingers. This one, this is, you know, he's had to sit three times because of it. And now he's been out of the game for five days. Uh, seems like it could have just called somebody up and let him rest and uh, let him get better. And then, you know, I, I, I don't know. With Michael Bush and Vargas, obviously it's, well, Bush, it's, Getting harder and harder to deny exactly what's going on. I mean, maybe not for this season, but just in the future. Like, he can't do anything else in AAA. He's than what he's doing. Yeah, it might have been just bad timing for Bush that Martinez happened to get hurt right as the Dodgers were about to face a bunch of lefties. And so, you know, Vargas would have made more sense to call up maybe just based on the matchups. And, and playing devil's advocate, both of those guys, Bush and Vargas, you want getting regular at bats. And so you don't want to call them up to the big leagues to sit on the bench um, and, and, you know, the fact is the offense has been doing fine. So it's, you know, it's not that big a deal, but yeah, it's like, it feels like a waste of roster spot, especially when you already have Austin Barnes. It's like really the Dodgers are playing with a two man bench right now. And uh, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. It's just weird more than like, I mean, it's more weird and annoying than anything else. Yeah. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about the starting pitch and doing well, may bleed back into this last conversation about, you know, relief pitchers and who might be on the roster. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. If you are looking to buy tickets to any event, whether it's a concert, a playoff game, a, a comedy show, theater event, anything you want. Hamilton, you know, uh, Nate Bargatze, my favorite comedian. He's coming to Salt Lake soon. I'm going to try to get tickets to see him. And guess where I'm going to go? I'm going to go to game time. Why am I going to go game time? Because you don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you can find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the differences. You can also get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps in your set, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Hey, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, especially want to thank our everydayers. Those of you who are with us every weekday morning, we love you. We appreciate you. If you want to be an everydayer, you want us to love and appreciate you, just watch or listen every day. It's super easy. Uh, also want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game. They don't play today, but every time they do play, you can catch the Dodgers radio broadcast 
on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. So the starting pitching this weekend, Vince, was really, really good. Everybody pitched well. We we talked about Kershaw's performance on Friday's episode. That's the fun thing about a four-game series. We get to talk about the series twice. Uh, Kershaw obviously did great on Thursday. And then uh, what order did Lance, they go in? Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn on Friday. And he only uh, he only went – what did he go? Five innings. Five innings. Could have gone into sixth inning, but the Dodgers had a solid lead – Roberts talked about how they'd pushed him a little bit in his last start uh, and so just figured a good time to get him off his feet, especially with how well the starting pitchers have been going. It's weird that the Dodgers are actually in a position where it's like, well, we need to get our relievers some work. Uh, But that was kind of the the case there. Lance Lynn dominated for five innings and uh, he got out. Tony Gonsolin pitched a great game on Saturday, uh, the best game he's pitched in a long time, gave up a home run on the first pitch of the game and then didn't allow another run, went six innings, mm. and uh, very, very good. And then Julio on Sunday was dominant. Uh, through four innings, he had allowed three runs and struck out just four batters. And it's like, uh, is this a good Julio start or a bad Julio start? Well, he got the uh, the last 10 batters he faced out after the two-run homer to tie the game. He retired the last 10 batters he faced, eight of them by strikeout. He struck out the side in the fifth. He struck out the side in the sixth, struck out the first batter of the seventh, then a fly out to center, then struck out the last batter he faced in the seventh. Uh, Seven innings, three runs. Realistically, even though all three runs are earned, two of those runs shouldn't have happened because there was an easy double play ball uh, that Kike Hernandez made a bad throw that Freddie Freeman uncharacteristically couldn't scoop at first base. That extended the inning. Then with two outs, it's when uh, not Danny Trejo, Trejo. Alan Trejo. Yeah. it hit a two-run homer to tie the game. That home run shouldn't have happened, uh, or at least shouldn't have been a two-run homer. But really, basically, Julio made one bad pitch in the whole game. Like, he was dominant. And for me, the most exciting part, Vince, was those last three innings, striking out eight of the nine batters. It's like, did Julio find something? I know it's the Rockies, and I have to keep reminding myself, the Rockies suck at baseball. They're really bad. They're not good. But... Julio looked really good. And I feel like even a good team, maybe he wouldn't have struck out eight out of nine of them, but I feel like the way Julio was pitching in the fifth through seventh innings on Sunday, he could have dominated any team in baseball. Yeah. The thing with Julio, especially this season has been command and well, more so control than command. Like he's not walking a lot of guys, but he just wasn't getting his pitches where he wanted. And the home run that, you know, Alan Trejo had one home run before the, before the game. Uh, the entire season and you know he got it any other pitch right there and fastball probably blows by him for a strikeout slurve you know he probably looks or or swings and you know does something else he just threw the wrong pitch in the wrong spot at the wrong time uh you know the Dodgers got it back the next inning when Miguel Rojas only had one home run coming into the game hit his own home run so uh, they got it back in that sense but yeah I mean where he was at you look at where his pitches are and they're exactly where you want them you know he has a lot of fastballs up in the zone that aren't quite – some of them are in the zone, but right at the top, and some of them are a little bit out of the top. You know, that's when he's working best. You, you look at the change-ups that he threw yesterday, only – I think it looks like three of his change-ups were in the zone or in the lower part of the zone, he threw, other than the one that he left up. Um, so, you know, that's what you want. You want his change-up not to be strikes, but guys swinging at it. You know, you got the slurve all over the place. And he didn't throw as many cutters yesterday, 
I don't know if that was by design or or what, but he was locating where he wanted to, and that's the biggest thing with him because he's gotten beat this year, but by mis- by him making mistakes and the other team pounding on him, and it hasn't necessarily been a, a message of the stuff. We've talked about this throughout the entire time where his stuff, spin rates, velocity, you know, velocity's down a little bit in terms of the fastball, but he ramps it up when he, you know, he's ramped it up a couple times when he needed to, but it's been location. It's a lot of stuff in the zone, a lot of stuff over the middle of the plate. He got away from that today and he's done well. And, you know, this is, I don't know if it's me being wary as a Dodger fan or me just, you know, whatever, <laughs> not as optimistic because everyone keeps saying, it's Julio back, it's Julio back, it's Julio back. And it's four starts now where he's had positive results. But, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe after the next one, I'll feel like, oh, he's back. Yeah. Uh, his next start will probably come against, what, is that the Marlins, the Marlins next weekend? Yeah. Uh, and they're a good team this year. So that's, you know, maybe a little bit better test. Uh, Gonsolin, a lot of what you just said about Julio applies to Gonsolin's start on Saturday too. Gonsolin probably wouldn't have dominated a good team the way he got dominated the Rockies, but it was a very good outing, would have been effective, I think. And, you know, we've talked so many times about how you don't have to throw six innings and allow one run. If you can go six innings and allow three or four runs, this Dodger team is going to have a really good chance to win. And uh, and Gonsolin, I feel like his performance on Saturday could easily do that against a good team. And Lance Lynn, kind of the same thing. Like uh, he, He's been – I feel like Lance Lynn has ex- exceeded expectations since he came to the Dodgers. Uh, he did finally give up a run that didn't come on <laughs> on a home run, a solo homer. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Lance Lynn has been very good. Like just suddenly the Dodgers have a rotation where that the bullpen isn't going to be overly taxed. Yeah, the whole time through the rotation, they've gone at least five innings. Uh, you know, Julio broke the string of allowing less than two two runs or less through the whole time. But again, like I said, it was one mistake pitch from Julio. So yeah, these guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And and you know, the Dodgers have won eight in a row, and that's no coincidence that they've won eight in a row because starting pitching has been good, which has lessened the burden on the bullpen, which you know. Other than the scare in Arizona, the bullpen's been pretty good lately. And even that, you know, that scare in Arizona is going to happen sometimes. Uh, but it's a matter of keep now, especially now with, you know, Kelly and Amante down. We'll see what who they bring up or what the case is. But you would hope that they can continue this at the very least getting the length. And if, you know, like you said, if the results aren't zero ones, one run, whatever, that's okay. But the length plus limiting the runs is where it's going to benefit them the most. Yeah. And all of that said, Right now, the Dodgers have five starters plus Ryan Yarbrough on the active roster and then six true relievers. So they got five starters, a long reliever, and six relievers. And, uh, yeah, the, the more I think, obviously, I just had this idea nine minutes ago in our last segment, but I wonder if it would make sense to stick with 12 pitchers right now since there's no obvious choice for a reliever. They, they'd either have to bring up one of those three starters who we mentioned or – make room on the 40-man roster for a Gus Varland or somebody like that. Uh, I wonder if it would make sense to replace Joe Kelly on the roster with Michael Bush. The Dodgers are going to be facing uh, – I know they faced Burns in the last game. They uh, faced Wade Miley and Hauser. Uh, Hauser's a righty, I think, right? Or is, man, he's got a lefty name. Yeah, that, uh, I was thinking lefty off the bat. Uh, he's a righty. He's a righty. Okay. Yeah, but he's just got a name. He should be a lefty with that name. Yeah. Um, but so they're facing one lefty and two righties against the Brewers. You know, maybe it's time to say, hey, Michael Bush, why don't you come up for a few days 
and hit the crap out of Hauser and, and Burns, uh, especially if we are really still wondering if J.D. Martinez is really going to be available. If they do put J.D. on the I.L., you know what? Go with Bush and Vargas. Call it both of them. Just pack your, your offense. You've got so much platoon ability and pinch hitting ability and everything like that. Right now, they've been letting Kike and, uh, and Rosario both hit against righties late in the game because they don't want to you know, burn burn a left-handed pinch hitter early. But if you had Vargas on the bench, you could, you know, okay, well, let's hit for Kike with, with Hayward, and then we can always hit for Hayward with Vargas if we need to, you know, open up their options a little bit and play with the idea of tw a 12-man pitching staff. I, I don't hate that idea. Um, I, I came up with it, so it makes sense that I don't hate it. But uh, it's – I don't know. I wonder yeah. if they're even considering that. I would imagine they are. DH spot is open with whatever happens with J.D., and then one quick note on Michael Bush. He did play left field for the first time this season uh, in OKC the other night. He actually threw somebody out at home plate, too. So, you know, they they clearly that's a sign to me that they're maybe going to try to work them onto this roster. If not now, then in September when they do get the one extra roster spot and he can just add to that versatility. Yep. All right. We're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to talk about the fact that the Dodgers so far in August are basically running away with the National League West. And uh what that's looked like so far and, and how much fun it's been. So thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. Hey, we are back. We want to thank you one last time for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you to catch every Dodger game on the radio, the Dodgers radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app simply by searching for Dodgers. We also want to remind you, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email. I'll give you all that contact info in a few minutes, like I always do. And uh, Vince, uh, I tweeted this out on Saturday night, and uh, it's still mostly true. Um, nothing's gotten worse since then. A couple things have gotten better. When July ended, uh, when we all went to sleep on July 31st, the Dodgers were two and a half games ahead of the Giants, three and a half ahead of the D-backs, eight and a half ahead of the Padres, and 18 ahead of the Rockies. It was solid. We were feeling pretty good about things at that point. Well, as we go to sleep tonight on August 13th, the Dodgers are eight and a half ahead of the Giants, 12 and a half ahead of the, the D-backs, 15 and a half ahead of the Padres, and 16 and a half, uh, uh, 26 and a half, sorry, 26 and a half ahead of the Rockies. So in these 13 days, the Dodgers have gained six games on the Giants, seven games on the Padres, eight and a half games on the Rockies, and nine games on the D-backs in 13 days. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a perfect storm of the Dodgers just going nutso and every other team in the division struggling. And the Dodgers contributed some of that struggling because they played the Padres and D-backs in that time. Uh, it's just been ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's, you know, you, you, the deadline's been was, uh, you know, slightly people were upset, but the Dodgers have only lost one since the deadline. Uh, they're one of the best teams, or they're the best team since the deadline. They're the best team like the last 30 games, I think. Like, there's a lot of stats in the last month or so where the Dodgers have been the best, and it's been fueled by different things the offense has been the one constant the pitching is starting to get better the relievers are starting to get better uh it's you know a little combination of well, a slight schedule i mean the rockies are bad diamondbacks are playing bad now but they weren't bad you know before heading into it they've just 
been beating who they've been playing, and that's all you can really ask for. And all the other teams are like the Giants are. They won on a walk off last night, or else the they'd be the Dodgers would be another game up on them. Their offense has been one of the worst offenses in baseball for a little bit. The Diamondbacks had lost nine in a row before the, the before the Padres showed up in town, and they actually took a couple from the Padres. The Padres still have that struggle to get to five hundred. Now they're even further than they were before. It's just been yeah, like you said, a combination of a lot of things. The Braves have dropped a little bit as well, so now they the Dodgers can you know put that in their sights if they feel the need to. Uh, but again, this is good because they've done that when they are supposed to beating the teams that they're supposed to, because their schedule does get a little tougher here the next month. And it's, you know, not tougher in the sense of like, oh, the Dodgers aren't going to beat these teams. Just tougher in the sense of they're going to play teams with better records, which is you know not a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely not a bad thing. This is a classic example of what we talk about all the time. You can only play the teams that are on the schedule, and it's really hard. Like it's almost. You, you hate to see a four-game series with the Rockies because it's hard to sweep a four-game series against any team. And while if you had two straight two-game series or two uh, a two-game series and then a week later another two-game series against the Rockies, you would fully expect the Dodgers to win all four of those games. But a four-game series straight, it's like even though the Rockies suck, we'll be happy with three and one. But the Dodgers weren't going to happy, be happy with that, and they said, no, we're going to do this sweep. This is a team we should beat every time. Just like when they played the A's the other week. You know, if you're playing a team that you're supposed to beat, you're supposed to beat them every day. And that's what they did. And now, yeah, the Brewers are currently in first place. First place in a bad division, but they're a solid team. Uh, Brewers run differentials plus six this season. Man. Uh, So the Dodgers, you know, Dodgers are a better team than the Brewers. I, I don't expect a sweep. I do think, though, that the Dodgers expect a sweep. I think the Dodgers are going to show up to the the stadium on Tuesday, thinking, "All right, one of three, we're gonna we're gonna win today. They're gonna win. They're gonna win Thursday." That's I think that's their mindset right now. Dave Roberts said this is the the best team that he's managed, the best like group of people, not like the quality uh, talent wise, but the. All right, I think he said it's his favorite team that he's managed. Feel a little bit bad for Justin Turner. Uh, probably reading those those quotes because JT and Dave Roberts are close. But uh, yeah, I mean, every move the Dodgers have made has has paid off. And even like when the Dodgers pitch, starting pitching was struggling a couple weeks ago, somebody on our Twitter said uh, tweeted out about how well Trevor Bauer is doing in whatever country he's playing in these days. And man, the Dodgers sure could use him. It's like I don't think any team with Trevor Bauer would have the chemistry that this Dodgers team has. And you know, chemistry is a tricky thing. I, I always. I do think most of the time chemistry is the result of winning, not the cause of winning. But when you have, hey, Mookie, we brought in your best friend. Hey, Freddie, we bought it, brought in your best friend. They're both having resurgent years. Kike, you're coming back home, you know, and you're, we're putting you back in a role where you can thrive. Ahmed Rosario, we're getting you out of Cleveland. We're putting you in a role you can thrive. Like everything they're doing. And we may talk more tomorrow about Rich Hill's comments, kind of to this effect, that the Dodgers do a really good job identifying players, identifying what they can do well, and then put them in position to do those things well and don't expect them to do other things. And it's been it's been awesome. And I think we're really seeing the results now. I don't expect the Dodgers to win all their games the rest of the season. That would be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a three-game losing streak between now and then. And the sky will be falling once again on social media. But what we've seen from this team is that they are immensely talented they are. They love playing together, and when the starting pitching does its job, 
they're very good on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and it, it's a small thing, and you know, you may be reading into it, but like even the new celebration is to me showing like just how much these guys like each other or playing with each other or whatever the case, because you know, some of the other celebrations are a little bit, you know, they don't make you look goofy. Some some of the Dodger players, when they do the little dance, you know, don't necessarily look like they're somebody that is, you know, bred to dance, which is where the where it originally came from with Freddie Freeman dancing. So like even that thing is just like, you know, a little thing like that can can, you know, seeing Will Smith or seeing whoever do the little dance. Uh, it, it just adds to it. And, and yeah, like I said, they're how they look. They look good. They're having fun. Close knit team. You know, they've every day or every week you hear a new story about somebody that, you know, did something or whatever, you know, Miguel Rojas has kind of had to step back a little bit with the new guys that they added, but obviously he didn't have an issue uh, with it. And, you know, now we have the, the bright shoes up the middle on Sunday that they were talking about all game uh, with Rojas and Kike. So yeah, it, it's been fun to see this team kind of gel and, you know, for, it's not one of those where like for us, we're thinking of like, Oh man, remember when everyone blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like, look, we, you know, they'd be a good team. They're starting to play like it. The pieces are starting to work. And I just hope that it can continue for another three months. Yep. So day off today. And then the Dodgers started three game series to the Brewers with the day off today. Tomorrow's episode will be a mailbag or at least a partial mailbag episode. So feel free to get those questions in. Remember, you can catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just search for Dodgers. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at LockedOnDodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSense91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. Both of our DMs are open. Uh, you can email us at LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voicemail or a text message to 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning. We hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.